Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. I've been pastoring about 48 years and probably have preached at least two Christmas sermons each year, so that's been a few of them. But the story never gets old. I said the story never gets old because it's a story of life. It's a story of life. It's a story of the Son of God. In those days, the degree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room or no place for them in the inn. The question is, who was this child? Many have asked that question through the centuries. What child is this? Who is he? In 1865, yes, 1865, a man by the name of William Dix in England, he had survived a major illness. And during that illness, he had reached out to God and God had ministered to him. And during that time, he wrote the lyrics to the song, What Child Is This? Six years later, it was put into the melody of green sleeves. And even though it was written in Great Britain, it has been a popular song, a more popular here in the United States than in Britain. But people are still asking the question, what child is this? Who was he? Who is he? Why is it so important? Dix was inspired by Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So what child is this? Who is this? Well, that scripture tells us that he's the wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's a prince of peace. He's the son of David. So what child is this? If you go over to the Gospel of John, and we read this last week, but I want to read it again. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Drop down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So what child is this? Who is this child that was in the manger? The scripture we just read says He was in the beginning. He was with God. He was God. Yes, you heard me right. He was God. He is God. And everything created was by Him. He was a light of men. He was a light of the world. He was a glory from the, Son of, from the only Son. And this scripture says that grace and truth. Now in the Old Testament, we know that there was grace. But it was nothing like it was in the New Testament. Because guess what? Grace came to us. Grace came to us because that's what the baby was. Full of grace and what else? Truth. Grace and truth. Grace was delivered in that manger. What child is this? Child of grace and truth. Child that was not only with God, he was God. What child is this? Well, if you go back to Isaiah chapter 7, we find that this child was the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. <clears throat> Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means what? God with us. Who is this child? Oh, certainly he was a baby. Certainly he was a wonderful child. But the amazing thing, he was the son of God. What child is this? What child is this? Go back over to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 15. Begin reading at verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring. And a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, says, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward the heaven and number the stars. If you're able to number them, then he said to him, Show, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham was too old to have a son. His wife was too old to have a son. They said, well, we'll let Eliezer's son inherit. We'll let Eliezer 
be the one that inherits? And God said, no. It's going to be your offspring. It's going to be your son. And we know that God allowed them to have a child in their old age. But how many knows he wasn't talking about just his son? He was talking about his offspring. He was talking about that baby. That the whole world was going to be blessed through Abraham. What child is this? If you go over to Genesis chapter 22, we find that we have an example of what Jesus did and what God did. Because we find that God asked Isaac to go up on the same mountain that Jesus would later to die on. Same mountain. Same mountain range. Just outside of Jerusalem. And he said, I want you to offer your son. What was that? That was a picture of God's grace. That was a picture of the baby that was to be born, that the crucifixion was not going to be stopped. But Jesus, or God, interfered. Let me read that passage there in Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. Where it says, and the angel of the Lord called to Abram, Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand is in the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. I know some of you are saying, well, that, he's talking about his son Isaac. Yes, he was, but there was a dual reference here. He was talking about that baby that was going to be born in fulfillment of Scripture. See, to fully understand those Old Testament prophecies, we've got to go to the New Testament. Now, there are people that say we need to just throw the Old Testament away. Hey, without the Old Testament, we don't understand the New I said, without the Old Testament, we don't understand the new. So let's go over to Galatians chapter 3 and notice what it says in verse 15. To give a human example, brother, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promise, the promises were made to Abraham and his offspring. It does not say and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one and to your offspring who is Christ. That's who the child is. What child is this? The one that fulfills the scriptures. From Genesis to Revelations. That's who he is. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterwards. Now, just in case you don't quite follow that, Abraham was 430 years before Moses. So they lived under the promise even before the law was given. 400 years, and said 430 years afterwards, it does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. He says, it's not going to be through the law, it's going to be through your son. Way on down the line. 
What child is this? Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 7. But when the fullness of time had come. If you will remember, it was 430 years before Moses, he gave the promise. Then Moses' life, he lived 120. Then all the years, all the way up to, to the New Testament, which included 400 silent years. But when the fullness of time had come, when the fullness of time had come, it came when that baby was born. What child is this? The fulfillment of the scriptures. Let's go on and read. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you're sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you're no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Who is this child? He's the one that allows you and me to be children of God. Amen. That's who he is. That's who he is. Let's back up a few verses to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth. Now, this was Paul speaking. See, in Galatians, uh, I failed to mention this, but the book of Galatians was the first book that Paul wrote. May have been written as early as 50 A.D., this was shortly after he began his ministry. They had had a revival in Galatians, and he, they had, but they had begun to go back and drift back to the law. And so he had to address that issue, and he validated who he was. He laid the groundwork for his, his uh, ministry, and then he began to tell them about this son, Jesus. He said, it's not the law that has saved us. It's the baby, the grace and truth that was born in that manger. And he said, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that if a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law because by works of the law, no man no man can be justified. But if our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too are found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. And Paul's saying here, I have been crucified with Christ. When that baby, who is this child? What child is this? He's the one that died on the cross. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God. Amen. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So what child is this? What child is this? Galatians chapter 4, verse 28. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh... 
persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, so also it is now. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman should not inherit of the, the son of the free woman. So brothers, we're not children of the slave, but of the th- free woman. Go to the next chapter. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So who is this child? He's the one that gave you freedom. He's the one that gave me freedom. He's the one that set us free from sin. Not because we deserved it, because grace and truth, grace and truth was in that manger. Grace and truth was the child of God. What child is this? I've had a Thompson chain Bible for years and years. I don't use mine very much anymore. But I love what it says about the portraits of Christ. The portraits of this baby. Who was this baby? What child is this? Well, just in the Gospel of John, in chapter 1, he's the Son of God. Chapter 2, he's the Son of Man. Chapter 3, he's the divine teacher. Chapter 4, he's the soul winner. In chapter 5, he's the great physician. In chapter 6, he's the breath of life. In chapter uh, 7, he's the water of life. Eight, he's the defender of the weak. In chapter nine, he's the light of the world. All these things, that's who that baby was. Chapter 10, he's a good shepherd. Aren't you glad he's your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In chapter 11, he was the prince of life. In chapter 12, he was the king of kings. In chapter 13, he was the servant. In chapter 14, he was the consoler. Aren't you glad we have God to give us the comforter? He sits the Holy Spirit. Chapter 15, he's the true vine. Chapter 16, he's the giver of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 17, he's the great intercessor. Chapter 18, he's the model sufferer. Chapter 19, the uplifted savior. Chapter 20, the conqueror of death. Chapter 21, the restorer of the penitent. 21 things just in the Gospel of John, one for each chapter. That's who that child was. What child is this? Who is this child? Now, if you go back to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53, and this whole chapter, all of Isaiah 53 tells us what child that is. Prophetically, about a thousand years before Jesus was born, between 700 and 1,000 years before Jesus was born, this is what it says. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no former majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised. And rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom my men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. John said he came into his own and his own didn't receive him. Isaiah went on to say, surely he has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. What child is this? The one that was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. 
Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds or with his stripes, we are what? Healed. That's who he is. That's who he is. What child is this? First Timothy, one of the last books written in the New Testament. But in First Timothy chapter 6, verse 13. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. When was Jesus born the first time? Remember what we read in Galatians? When the fullness of time had come. And I know that the Bible tells us we cannot know the hour or the day that Jesus is going to call his church away. But he says you can know the seasons. Just like Mary knew when she left Nazareth that she was going to have a baby. She didn't know it would be born in a stable. But she knew she was going to have one. And I don't know when Jesus is going to come, but I can tell you one truth. Just like he did the first time when the fullness of time had come. Well, it says in Timothy, when, which he will display at the proper time. When it's time, this baby is going to call his followers home. And he who is blessed and only sovereign... The King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, to him be glory and honor forever. That's who that child is. What child is this? We've already showed you that it went all the way back to the time of Abraham, but in reality, it went back a little further. If you go with me to chapter 3, we find out who this child is. Chapter 3, verse 14. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. And on your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Here it is. I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring. He wasn't talking about Seth. Wasn't talking about Cain or Abel. Talking about way down the line that that baby's going to be born. And the baby's going to die for the sins of the world. Said he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. What child is this? Who is this child? Well, you know, even after living 30 years, even after walking the earth in ministry for three years or better, he walked among crowds performing miracles. What we find in Matthew 
chapter 21, these words. This was after the triumphal entry. The triumphal entry occurred Sunday prior to the crucifixion. So it's near the end. And it says this. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. And what did they ask? Who is this? What child is this? Who is this man? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. But the great majority of them didn't have a clue who he was. They were still asking the question, what child is this? Who is this child? Let's go back to the, the old hymn. Verse 2 says, Good Christians fear, for sinners hear the silent word is pleading. That baby, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are still calling. Pleading for people to put their trust in the baby. Amen. To put their trust in that child. Verse 3 says, so bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come rich and poor to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Who is this child? What child is this? I was concerned about being able to put all this in one message because he is anything and everything you need him to be. He's your healer. He's your comforter. He's your strength. He's your very present time, help in time of trouble. He's a fulfilled promise. He's grace. He's truth. He's light. He's the water of life. All the things we've covered, that's who that baby was. Amen. But if you'd have stayed the baby, our meeting here today would be wasted. I said, if he'd stayed the baby, our religion would be in vain. Because the only way that you and I could be redeemed is when the fullness of time had come, he was born. And when the fullness of time came, he was crucified. If you want to do an interesting study, study the timing of the last three days of Jesus' life. That baby could not be born prematurely. He had to be on time. Jesus could not have died prematurely. See, while he was being led up the, to the cross, you know what was going on in the temple? They were taking the lamb to be slain, slain for the slaughter. Jesus died the same hour 
that the Passover lamb was being killed. When the fullness of time. So what child is this? He's a child that fulfilled all the Old Testament scriptures. He's a child that was born of a virgin. He was a child that fulfilled the promises to Abraham. Through your offspring, the whole world will be blessed. So what child is this? Who is this child? He's whatever you need him to be. Because he is God. He was with God. He was God. And he is God. And he's here to minister to people's needs today. The greatest need, the greatest miracle today would not be healing of someone, although we're going to pray for healing. His greatest miracle today would not be giving comfort to someone, but we'll pray for that. But his greatest greatest miracle is the transformation of somebody's life that they accept the grace and the truth of God they accept the baby not in a manger but a resurrected Lord and Savior would you bow your heads in prayer Holy Spirit thank you for this message Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth. God, thank you for allowing him to come. And God, how hard it must have been for you to watch him die on the cross. Just as hard it would have been for Abraham to plunge that knife into his son. But you allowed it. This child, your son, full of grace and love. Now, Father, I ask you to do what I cannot do. I ask you to convict of sin. I ask you to heal bodies. I ask you to set at liberty those that are bound. I ask you to do what only you can do. And God, we ask this, we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We're going to open the altars. I know there's some people that I've already told we would pray for today. They need special prayer. And while they're making their way, the invitation is to each one of you. If you need God to do something for you, if you need that resurrected Savior to do something for you. You're included in this invitation. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.